has given you a wonderful personality, but it's been damaged by sin, stress, and pain. We all have unhealthy and unloving coping mechanisms built into our personality that we need to overcome. Let's talk about how Jesus wants to help you repair your personality and grow in God's grace. We'll draw on the ancient wisdom of the Enneagram, filtered by a biblical understanding. Christy, thanks for the tea again this morning. We're here on a cold winter morning, and it's nice to warm up with some tea. It is. Maybe our listeners, wherever they will, will get a cup of tea and sit down and participate with us, having this little talk with Jesus. That would be awesome. And we want to give a shout out to our Soul Shepherding Associate, Craig Davis. Uh, Craig, we're so thankful for you and how you uh, teach with us in the spiritual direction training program that Soul Shepherding has. And uh, proud of you and your pastoral work at Rose Drive Friends Church in Yorba Linda, California. And uh, Christy, you have a fun story about uh, Craig, who was leading a retreat uh, using soul shepherding materials that we didn't even know about. And what happened? Craig and his wife, Debbie. Yeah, we, we love all of you in our soul shepherding community. It's so fun to see how God is working in this community. So yes, Bill, I had gotten a text from one of our Institute grads and she texted me saying that one of the women that she has been ministering to was at a retreat, doing a Sabbath retreat and had texted her and said, I never would have done something like this without your example, your teaching and encouragement. I just kept thinking and wishing you were with me sharing it. And then the leaders pulled out some of your soul shepherding materials <laughs> and uh, she got all excited. And so, you know, found out that it was Craig and Debbie actually leading this retreat. So it was just fun here. There were two soul shepherding ambassadors in a sense, touching on this woman's life and, you know, God was in it all and working. And so we're just so grateful that God is working through us, through you, through other people, through the resources that he's given us to give. Yeah, so you out there, we want you to be in community with us. We want to partner with you and bring Soul Shepherding Ministry into your circle of influence. We are all about that. It's fun to see what a small world it is, especially today. We've got people tuning in literally from around the world, uh, sitting down at our kitchen table with us. So today we are going to be talking about the heart types. So many of you listening to us are uh, heart people, probably all of you more or less, but uh, in particular we're going to draw from some of the ancient wisdom on the Enneagram as we've been doing and look at the, uh, the heart triad, the uh, especially compassionate people. If those of you who know the Enneagram, uh, and if you don't know the Enneagram, that's fine. You're, you're not going to be uh, jargoned out of this conversation. We are including everybody, uh, but the, uh, the twos, threes, and fours uh, of the nine types are the heart types, and the twos are the helpers, the threes are the uh, achievers or performers, and the fours are the individualists or romantics. Well, I like you saying that we're the compassionate types, but I'm not sure that that's actually true or fair. <laughs> because, I think I'm being too cheerful. Yeah, I think you might be being a little bit optimistic and generous there. Um, and hopefully we are. And I think, I think, yes, what you're getting at there is that we are very much aware of other people's emotions. And we're, we're, we're definitely the sense, can be sensitive for sure to our own, you know, emotions. And we 
want compassion. Um, so why, why us, do you think you're but, not compassionate? Because well, all the hard, you're the most compassionate person I know, and you're a heart type. <laughs> and I have so many of the yeah. pastors and leaders I connect with are are heart types, and they're very compassionate. I don't want to say that heart types aren't compassionate. I think we are, but I don't want to say we're the only ones. So, I mean, I see compassion in the nines. Nines are so compassionate. They're not in the heart triad. Eights, their compassion is different. It's very Mm action-oriented. It's very much for the underdog. It's a form of compassion. It just looks different than the compassion of the heart type. So that's Mm, why I'm saying it's not really fair or accurate to say we're the compassionate ones. Oh, okay. (laughs) I I was afraid you were were letting some shame leak out there. Okay. Well, I'm glad you brought shame up. (laughs) Because that is our core root emotion for the heart type. That is something that it just, we are under this shroud of shame. And oftentimes, as heart types, we're trying to deny that. We're repressing that. Uh, But there's other times we just can't escape it. I think that that's actually, the more I've I've thought about this and learned about this from my own experience and and reading and working with other people, I've kind of had a new insight into it. I really think that the assignment of the enemy against the heart types is shame. Just take them out with shame. And I've seen how he does it in my life, and I've seen the way you fight for me hmm. to, to help me with that, and I see the way that just thinking about it that way and knowing it that way has helped me fight him off and not let him do that to me. Um, so it's been really, really, really helpful to, to become aware that shame is a major area of spiritual battle for me. We had a, um, an experience of this uh, just yesterday. We were uh, visiting a church, which we um, appreciated very much, and it was a, it was a great uh, community and great message, but there were some things about the message that uh, felt uh, shooting and, and burdensome and condemning uh, some of the ways that the Scripture was being taught and what was being asked of us. And uh, it was the kind of experience that... Often, you you had said to me because after after um, whenever we uh, go to a church service or listen to a podcast, we ask each other. So, what did you learn? You know, how were you encouraged? And because that's uh, important um, for all of us to really make use of our experiences in church rather than doing the typical thing and judging the uh, pastor or speaker or teacher and how, what they could have done better or what we liked, what we didn't like, which is totally has no no benefit to our souls and our relationship with God. So it's a discipline because, that we know, do. This, this minister, like others, wonderful, godly man, loves the Lord, so sincere, so earnest, so much of what he gave and offered yesterday was so good. But probably an Enneagram one like me, and this is a mistake that I at times make, where we can be over earnest and be just be trying so hard to bring wisdom and truth and, uh, to, and ideals of, uh, of how to be a good person that it can be overwhelming and mm-hmm. people can feel uh, weighed down and like they're not good enough mm-hmm. and inadequate and ashamed. Mm-hmm. And that's been a trigger for you. Oh, so many times I've left church just totally under shame, just feeling like I am a failure. Why do I even try? I'm just, a, you know, pretending at this. I, it's, it's not genuine in me. I'm so far from the mark of God's word or what, you know, this pastor's calling us to. Yeah, and just just feeling depressed, go sinking down into a hole of depression because I just feel like I'm, you know, I could never be enough. And the heart types are really prone to this. You know, the, the tender-hearted, 
the uh, uh, earnest uh, idealists who really want to be virtuous and good and want to please the Lord and, and, and so forth, we can in- internalize a message of ideals or principles and, and put it on ourselves in a way that we're judging and condemning ourselves and walk out of church with our tail between our legs. Definitely. But that didn't happen to you it this Sunday, so no. how come it didn't? I was so grateful, just praising the Lord, because because I've grown, because I've come to see that that shame is not of the Lord. It's not healthy. It's not true conviction. It's not godly sorrow. It's not repentance. It's it's shame, and it takes me out, and it cuts me off from God and others and myself, and it paralyzes me. Yeah, one of the things that we teach uh, is that shame is really not of the Lord, it's different than godly sorrow, which mm-hmm. Paul teaches about in Second Corinthians um, nine, I believe it is, and he says, you know, worldly sorrow leads to death, but godly sorrow leads to life, and godly sorrow is uh, sadness because we've we've uh, hurt the Lord that we love, we've hurt some, a person that we love ourselves, and that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that leads to life. But Satan comes in with condemnation and judgment and, and shames us. And even if we sin, uh, shame is not helpful because shame leads to hiding and it leads to avoiding uh, uh, God who can cure us with mercy. So, uh, yeah, so uh, you were able to see sort of beyond that uh, emotional pitfall and appreciate the, uh, what the pastor was trying to say mm-hmm. and, and what was being communicated and, and many good things that were in the message because mm-hmm. the last thing he w- would have wanted would, be, would have mm-hmm. been the condemning and judging anybody. Mm-hmm. He didn't realize Mm-mm. that uh, the, that uh, sort of uh, in intensity on his part and, and super earnestness uh, and all of the the values and um, ideals that he was putting out for us w- was pretty overwhelming to people, especially to the tenderhearted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you bringing up shame because it is something that is is sneaky, and we can, just personally speaking, I can be under shame and not realize it, and so being conscious of that and aware of that, and you know, you've helped me over the years too by saying, "I think you're in shame." Seems to me like you might be in shame. Has been so helpful for me to wake up to it and to learn it and realize. And the neogram's been helpful to me to wake up to it and learn it. And then as I as I learn it, I can make a different choice. I can call out to God and His grace to call me out of it. I think, though, that the other thing that heart types do is we try to avoid that. We try to avoid that feeling of shame at all costs. And one of the things we do to do that is we really try to please people and we try to please God. We're very, very, very preoccupied with our image, how we think people are perceiving us. And I would even say... In, in immaturity in my faith, and probably even more than I know, it's it's still there, um, being concerned about what God thinks of me <laughs> in an unhealthy way. I mean, of course, we want, you know, we want to be um, loving God well so, so and honest the, and pure-hearted. Help us see the difference, because the, the uh, I forget the reference, but Paul uh, teaches us about seeking to please the Lord, and, uh, you know, we could make a case that it's really important to consider other people and to do our best to, to, to please them and certainly to uh, seek to please God. So, but you're talking about something else. Well, yeah, that's, I'm glad you asked this because it's a really important distinction. And it's when, when I'm in unhealth, when I'm in sin, I'm doing all that for the wrong reasons. I'm doing all that out of pride and vanity. I'm doing all that out of trying to secure myself. 
it's not out of this true pure heartedness. And oftentimes, you know, we're not conscious of it. We, we think we're doing it, you know, for the right reason. But if we really do, you know, a, a soul searching, we find that there's a lot of vanity in it, a lot of selfishness in it, a lot of trying to secure ourselves. Now, you have done a lot of work in self-reflection and even in, in uh, years ago, being in your own therapy and a lot of processing, a lot of work in recent years with the Enneagram to be able to realize this about yourself, that your motives aren't as always as pure as you thought. And uh, that's a that's a really big deal, especially for the heart types, because I'm um, just thinking about all, all the heart types I know, and they are people with the best of intentions. And it's so hurtful to them when people don't realize that they're intending something good. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, um, a mixing here of just some of the the best motives of, yeah. of love and, and care and generosity and helpfulness with this image control mm-hmm. thing you were talking about mm-hmm. and this feeling of shame that mixes in there and a, a certain selfish need to be perceived as good. Yes, yes. We're trying to overcompensate for the shame that we feel sometimes by trying to earn favor with other people and to to have this have them think highly of us, having them think well of us. So the Enneagram has helped you be aware of these conflicting motives within you. Yes. And now when, when they're conscious, the good and the bad motives, then you can separate out the wheat and the chaff mm-hmm. and bring more of the good. Yeah. So let me get a little more concrete and specific with this because I'm struggling with this right now. Um, in two weeks from today, we are going to be having the Soul Shepherding Institute in our home. We're going to be having, you know, over 20 people every day, all day in our home. And so I have a temptation to be preoccupied with my image. Oh, no, what if they open the cupboard out of the bathroom so you can see that it's not all organized, you know? Yeah. Oh, no, you know, they're they're going to see, you know, my weakness. They're going to see what I've neglected for the last 20 years in our house because I've been doing soul shepherding and raising kids and I haven't been maintaining our house to my standards. And I can be really preoccupied with what they're going to think, okay? So that's not that's not healthy. That's not good. On the other side, I have some really good motives. I want I want to be hospitable. I want our home to be a conducive place for them to be at rest, to be meeting with God. I want to provide a clean and comfortable, hospitable you know, place for them on their retreat. I want to provide a good learning environment and good meals. And so there's there's these good motives too that are I want to glorify God. I want to, you know, all my intentions aren't just selfish, preoccupied with what are people going to think of me. Yeah, so it's mixed They're, in there. It's mixed in. The wanting to secure myself and pride and and really good intentions of wanting to be hospitable and loving. And so what what's helping me is to realize, is to, to sort that out and realize, okay, let go, Christy, of the vanity piece. Let go of worrying about mm. being judged. Let worry, go about worrying about people seeing your weaknesses. Let go about, you know, that your house is not perfectly decorated like your children want it to be or, you know, like part of you wants it to be or um, like the pressure you feel in culture where these, you know, emails hit your box with, you know, decorate, trying to sell you decorating, you know, items for your home. Um, let go of all that. The most important thing for you to be doing is to be 
when you're under that temptation, calling out for God and His grace and realizing Jesus mm-hmm. is enough and praying that Jesus will prepare your heart and their heart and your home and preparing spiritually and the spiritual hospitality piece is so much more important. So it's an opportunity for me to kind of look at it through the eyes of the Lord and try to let go. Now, I don't do this perfectly. Um, you know, I... I went online last night and I ordered a tablecloth because I realized I don't have a tablecloth to fit, you know, so I'm still thinking about this. I haven't fully, you know, well, let go not, everything. it's not all or nothing to focus on your hospitality and the substance of the relationships and the experience. You're doing that and, and so you're reorienting around that. But you, you can do some things to uh, sort of improve the, the decor and the, uh, the ambience and that's, that's great. Yeah, it's it's a balance, but the main thing is if I get caught up in my heart type and I let it run the whole thing, I'll be I'll make the mistake of being uh, in shame over the state of my house not being what I want it to be, and I'll make the mistake of worrying too much about trying to impress people, and those are not of the Lord, and those are not good things, and that's not loving God's self or others. And if you did that, if you if you went crazy with perfecting the house and. Uh, giving into that insecurity and that feel, those feelings of inadequacy, to uh, then you would be diminishing the wonderful strengths that you're bringing as a heart type in the way of hospitality, not only the physical hospitality of opening our home and all that that entails and, and f- feeding people with our good friend, another heart type who's going to mm-hmm. be helping us, mm-hmm. um, but also the spiritual hospitality because you're co-leading the retreat uh, the teaching and and uh, the prayer times and the meditation times and spiritual leading spiritual direction leading groups and, and all of this and so you're that's you're really in your sweet spot there you're gifting and many of you who are listening who are our heart types not just the enneagram two threes and fours but many of the other numbers I'm thinking of some sixes I know who are real heart types and compassionate so uh, that gift is that concern for other people, that that care, that sensitivity and attunement to them, and really wanting to to bless them. Yes, it is. But that gift can get covered up if we if we get too much of our own image involved in that, too much of managing our own image and worrying about what other people think. So, if I, as I've been listening to you share some of the stresses and opportunities of leading the Institute at our, our home, which we haven't done before, um, it's been tempting for me to reassure you and point out all the wonderful things about our home. And there's, of course, a fine line between reassurance and affirmation and validation, because I have done some of that. But it's what I felt was most important for you is to hear you share and to empathize with you, to, right. to validate the emotions and yeah. to to help you put words to the stress that you're feeling, the pressure that you're feeling, the, the, um, and how this tweaks your sense of self-image and how people feel about you. Yeah, I'm really glad you're saying that, honey, because something that the heart types really want and we really thrive with is a lot of affirmation. <laughs> we just want, we want, we want a positive attention. We want affirmation and we, we play to it. We try to get it. And, it's not really what we need. What we really need is what you're offering me, and that's the empathy and the, the true godly love and grace. Yeah, well, let's ferret this out because I think that um, you don't need reassurance. Reassurance mm-hmm. would be if I would say to you, 
oh, you know, don't worry about people coming into the house and looking in the cupboards. Probably nobody will do that. Or even if they did, you know, you're bringing such gifts with spiritual hospitality. That's the main thing. Now, that that's all nice, nice things to say. But the problem is the implication of me saying that is, well, don't feel insecure. Don't feel ashamed. Don't feel pressure. So I'm invalidating your emotions. So that would be reassurance or, or cheerleading, and, and you wouldn't feel loved. I used to do a lot of that <laughs> and have learned not to. Well, we would we, we feel some love because it's kind of like you're giving us candy, and we want the candy. It tastes really good, but it just doesn't really do anything for us other than feel good, whereas the empathy is actually ministering to our soul. It's giving us something good that we need that can help us to grow and make use of it. I want to talk a little bit about the two, three, and four because, you know, twos aren't the only heart types. I'm a two, but um, threes and fours, and, and they all have a, a, a little different flavor on this heart type thing. So the twos, one of the things we do with uh, trying to cover our shame is we try to earn people's love by helping or by flattering or by giving. Um, the threes try to overcome their shame by performing by being great achievers, by doing great things, by being highly accomplished. And the fours try to overcome their shame by being special. So we have different flavors and different ways that we're really trying to react to and overcome this sense of shame, like we're bad, like we're not good enough, and we need to be better, we need to earn something. And we, we, we put that on God, and we put that on other people. And it's very hard for us to believe that we're, we're enough in and of ourselves as, as God made us. So, you know, Henri Nouwen was a two. So he writes a lot about this. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a hard type. You see that in his writing. And a lot of, a lot of hard types, like, I mean, just really appreciate his writings because we can relate so much to that. Uh, you know, one of, the, one of the three things he talks a lot about is, I am, I'm not what other people think of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not what I do, which is specifically the three, especially struggles with that. But even the two and the four, you know, we have different flavors of that. But we're trying to overcome this shame, you know, talking about I am beloved. God loves me as I am. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to worry about what, you know, he or other people think of me. I don't have to be special. You know, I am just because God is so loving. Yeah, and the heart types are giving us a window into all the personality types because uh, we all can struggle with feelings of guilt and shame. We all can struggle with image management or feeling like I am what I do. Uh, it's just that the, the helpers and performers and the artisans especially struggle with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to hear you make a comment about the sort of the uh, what it's like being a, a tender-hearted person who is sensitive, who really feels the pain of other people. Uh, you know, we've, uh, through the, the teaching of Dallas Willard and being mentored by him, we really came to a different understanding of uh, Jesus' famous beatitude, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy, which is in Matthew 5. And... Um, you know, we think, oh, it's so, it's good to be merciful, and when, of course it is. But what we've learned is that that's really not Jesus' point here. He's not saying be merciful. He's saying um, you who are merciful and suffering under that, you have a blessing in the kingdom of God. Yeah, well, our blessing is that God is in control, God is loving, God's enough when we're not. 
and that we don't have to carry all the pain and fix all the pain and help everybody. Now, just oh, that's <laughs> let's pause there a moment because that's a huge thing because you are, you're tending to carry the pain and the burdens of everybody, and, mm-hmm. and many of you listening are heart people. You're your pastors or counselors or small group leaders or as, as parents, you're people of compassion, and you're you're sensitive to and absorbing the pain of other people, and it's, it's weighing you down. Yeah, it weighs me down. It distracts me. I'll, I'll carry it. Yeah, it will keep me from being able to be present to other people because I'm so preoccupied with carrying somebody else's pain that I'm, you know, close to or just listened to or just been with. And so, um, you know, yeah, there's that tendency for us. And yet the answer is right there in the beatitude. Blessed are you because the kingdom of God is available to you. That's the answer. When I give all that over to the king who can carry it and will carry it, and it's not for me to carry. Yeah, and this is what we teach in Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke and also in our institute, that the blessing of uh, the Beatitudes is not in the conditions like being poor in spirit or mourning or merciful or uh, etc., but it's in the kingdom. Yes. It's in the Father's world. It's in intimacy with Jesus and learning from Him. And we get that opportunity every day to make that choice to wake up to this beautiful gift that we are, our happiness, our blessedness, our security is in the kingdom with Jesus under his loving rule, with his presence, moving with his presence and power. Yeah, and you keep using that term wake up, and I love that because that's really spot on with this series. That's the the great gift that the Enneagram brings, or really any personality test, but the Enneagram goes deeper into our uh, emotions and our soul and our relationships and our spirituality, our psychology. The Enneagram goes a lot deeper than the other tests, but they um, help us to wake up in our awareness and understanding of ourselves, which uh, therefore can then enable us to be more loving to God and other people. So, Lord, we rejoice in your goodness to us. We are so blessed that the kingdom of the heavens is open to us. And, Lord, we just pray for our listeners who are the tender-hearted helpers and uh, caregivers who who are sensitive, who are people of compassion, and they're reaching out to care for others and absorbing the pain and the concerns and the stresses of others. And we just pray, Lord, that they would hear your words, Jesus. Blessed are you who are merciful, for in your sensitivity, in your tenderness, and the burdens that you carry, uh, the Lord is present for you. The kingdom of God is open to you. And we thank you, God, for the great honor uh, for all of us of of serving you and uh, sharing your love and grace and empathy with the people around us. Bless each of our listeners, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Check out our Soul Shepherding blog for our free Enneagram coaching tool. We have a number of free Enneagram videos on Soul Shepherding's YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. To see these and other videos, just subscribe and follow us. We'd love for you to make comments and share these posts with your friends to help us grow the Soul Shepherding online community. 